And just maybe, just maybe, the trials that you go through in this life and the obstacles you encounter and the temptations that you face are allowed by God so that in your life He would alone receive the glory. This is All Things New with Pastor Barry E. Fields. We've been talking this past month. This is the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, October 31st, 1517. Martin Luther nails the 95 Theses to the church door at Wittenberg, Germany, and saying that the just shall live by faith. It is by grace you have been saved. And so there's five solas that we believe. Sola in Latin simply means alone. We believe it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. And the way that we receive this is through Scripture alone. So grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, for God's glory alone, through Scripture alone. And today we look at soli deo gloria, that God alone is responsible for salvation. God alone receives the glory in our salvation, and therefore, He receives glory in every area of life, including our own life. If you've seen the famous movie, Chariots of Fire, you know there's a scene where Eric Liddell has to decide what it is he will do. He's arguing with his sister, who is a devout Christian. He's a believer as well, feels like God has called him to be a missionary, and is always juggling with the talent that God has given him and the tasks that God has called him to do. And at one point in the movie, it's recorded where he's having to decide what he's going to do. He says, I know that God made me for a purpose. I know that he made me for China, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I sense his pleasure. That whatever gift, whatever talent God has given you is to be lived for the glory of God. And so 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 says it quite plainly in the words of the Apostle Paul, whether therefore you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Because if God alone receives the glory in salvation, then he receives the glory in every area of my life. He who honors me, I will honor. Doing everything in your life as if God were watching you. Because he is. And because of this great salvation, we live for the glory of God alone. Sometimes when we use theological terms, they can almost become somewhat meaningless because we use them so vaguely. And so when somebody talks about the glory of God, what exactly are we talking about? Are we talking about the glory of God in the heavens? Are we talking about the glory of God through history? Are we talking about the glory of God in salvation, the glory of God revealed in Jesus? Well, we're talking about all of those things, but I like the succinct definition that John Piper gives when he says, the glory of God is the holiness of God put on display. It's God showing off who he is. He goes on, the glory of God is a way to say that there is an objective, absolute reality to which all human wonder, all veneration, praise, honor, acclaim, and worship is pointing. We were made to find our deepest pleasure in admiring the infinitely admirable, the glory of of God, the glory of God is the holiness of God put on display. And this is especially true when it comes to our salvation. 
You remember the argument of Martin Luther's day that people in purgatory could be saved by indulgences when the coin rings, the soul in purgatory springs. They were being told that you could be saved by your works, that you had this responsibility to do what you could in order to be made right with God. And Martin Luther just began to point them back to the word of God, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The just shall live by faith. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. If you hope one day to stand before God and you believe that your good will outweigh your bad, you are going to be grievously mistaken. I was visiting this past week in the hospital and was trying to talk about the, the Lord and salvation with a, a family that was there. And they made a joke about heaven referring to, to St. Peter and what you say to him on the way in. And we all laughed. And then I said, you know, when I stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he tells me why I should get in, I'm going to tell him I shouldn't. But Jesus should. And he paid my way. And anything that I do, I get in because of him. Living life for the glory of God. And so we have to understand something. And this is where the, the pressure often hits us. You and I are not responsible for saving anyone only the Holy Spirit can draw. He's the only one that can bring someone to faith in Christ. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You and I are not responsible for saving anyone, but we are responsible for sharing the gospel with everyone. God has told us to share that with every single person on this planet, and he alone is the one who takes care of the results. He alone is the one who receives the glory. And so where do we see God's glory alone today? We see God's glory alone in creation. The scripture talks about the, the glory of the blazing sun burning from 93 million miles away. You can still feel its heat, at least you could until this past week, that every star and planet and galaxy out there has been hung in place by a sovereign God that every molecule formed Every atom split tells of his excellent greatness. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth revealeth his handiwork. And because of that, you and I and all the rest of his creation are without excuse because God has revealed himself in the things that have been made. He has glory alone in creation. But then he has glory alone in history. The Bible tells us of this Shekinah glory of God. It's that glory of God that's there on Mount Sinai when Moses comes down and his face is as aglow as it was for three days and he has to wear a veil because he's seen just a portion of the glory of the living God. We see the God who does not dwell in time or in space, nevertheless acting in time and space on behalf of his people and for his glory. And then the ultimate projection of his glory is in John 1 when the word shows up and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth and the ultimate glory of God is expressed in his son Christ. And what we human beings try to do is we try to steal the glory that belongs to God alone. So the Greeks knew of glory. They just thought it was glory on the battlefield, glory in how you die, not glory to God. And let me just share something. When, when you begin to try to steal the glory that belongs to God alone, and you begin to take credit for whatever's taken place in your life or in the church you serve, you inadvertently become an ally of Satan. That's what he does. 
Bible tells us that is the fall of Lucifer. I take pride in what God alone has done. It's what Nebuchadnezzar does when he looks out over Babylon. He says, my kingdom, my glory, my history. God knocks him down, and for seven years he walks around like a dog. And when he gets up, he says, God alone is the one to be trusted. God alone is the one to be praised. And here's what will be true. You can either exalt yourself or you can exalt God, but you cannot exalt both. You can exalt yourself in your name, or you can exalt God in his name, but you cannot do both under the, at the same time. That's why the scripture says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God says to Abraham, I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing to the nations. We spend so much time trying to make a name for ourselves when we ought to be letting God do the name making. He is the one who receives the glory. He is the one who receives the honor and the praise. So we see God's glory alone in creation. We see God's glory alone in history. But there's another area where God's glory is alone, and that is in your life. Every time you dwell in sin, every time you give into temptation, I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. There is something deep inside your heart that says you were made for better than this. Because you were made to house the glory of the living God. And anything else in which you find pleasure and satisfaction in this temporal earth will never be enough for you. That's why people are addicted. That's why people lose their lives. That's why people give up. Because they're trying to find glory and satisfaction in something that only God can glory, bring glory and satisfaction to. And that is His pleasure we're made for his good pleasure, the Bible tells us. We're made for his glory. And the reason that God commands you to strive for his glory is because it's the only thing that will ever make you truly happy. And it is the only thing that will ever give you eternal joy. Augustine, the early church father, says it well. Restless is our heart until it rests in thee. Have to have something to look forward to. Have to have something to hope in. This world today doesn't offer us much hope, does it? We put our hope in money until it's gone. We put our hope in family until they're split apart. We put our hope in success until nobody recognizes our success. We, we put our hope in anything and everything, but the scripture says the only thing that we ought to put our hope in is we ought to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's our hope. That's where we take stock because it is his glory alone that will last and the Bible tells us that the glory of God is, in fact, the goal of all things, that our mission is to declare God's glory both here and to the nations, that the greatest ambition in life is not to be known, but to make him known. Somebody said, preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. That is the goal of the Christian life. And he tells us that even when we get to the end of that life, if we are in Christ, then precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because it brings glory to God. And that brings us to perhaps the greatest glory. There's God's glory in creation. There's God's glory in time and space in history. There's God's glory in your life, but there's God's glory in his son, because perhaps the most loving display of glory ever seen on this earth was the crucifixion of the son of God, that in the cross, we might 
glory. God himself being transcendent so far beyond us that we could never reach him, nevertheless makes himself imminent near by sending his son. When we couldn't get to God, God comes to us. And we realize that you can't save yourself, but God can save you. And because of this great salvation, we live for the glory of God alone. Have you ever wondered, God, why me? Or better yet, the bigger problem, have you ever wondered, God, why them? Why do you use that person? Why do you bless that person? I believe that the reason God works in the way he works and he uses who he uses is so that he alone will receive the glory and the honor and praise. You know, if, if you're thinking of a strategy, some of you are into fantasy football right now. I don't know how your teams are doing, but usually what you're trying to do is you're trying to pick the, the players that will be the best for your team. I mean, you're strategizing. you got to get something to cover every single area of the game. And if I'm Jesus, that's what I'm doing when I'm here on this earth. I'm getting some guys who can finance my operation. I'm getting some guys who are good public speakers. I'm getting some educated fellows, some guys who just know how to up and move in the world. And Jesus picks a bunch of fishermen and a scorned tax collector. And the tax collector doesn't even work out out. It's not a great strategy on Jesus' part, but it works. And the reason that God picks who he picks and the reason he uses who he uses is so that no flesh should glory in his presence. And just maybe, just maybe, the trials that you go through in this life and the obstacles you encounter and the temptations that you face are allowed by God so that in your life he would alone receive the glory and anything good that comes of it, you might give the credit solely to him. God alone receiving glory and salvation and honor and praise. So what do we do with that? God alone receives the glory in our salvation. God alone receives the glory in our life. How do we respond? We better give him praise. Better thank him. We ought not to do it half-heartedly. And then in our everyday lives, whether we're in the home, in the workplace, in the school, in the community, you ought to give it everything you've got because if Jesus gave his all for you, you ought to be all in for him. And this is the difference between obligation and freedom. I'm not simply obligated to give God everything I've got because I didn't do anything to get it in the first place. He freely gave it to me, and now I can freely give it back to him. Don't you want to serve a God who's done that for you? Isn't he deserving of everything in your life? You know, we spend a lot of time trying to make church worship and programs attractive to people. I'm not saying that's wrong, but maybe we ought to spend a whole lot more time making programs and worship attracted to God and let him take care of the people because this is his house. Ephesians lays it out well. It's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So not only does God make a place for you, but when you give him glory and honor and praise, you make a place for him. And the Spirit of God inhabits his worship, when you live for the glory of God alone. 
And when you focus on giving glory to him, praising everything he does, what you like, what you don't like, and not overlooking anything he does, then he tells us that the future is as bright as the promises of God because the glory of God gives the light. Soli Deo Gloria, God alone in salvation, God alone in your life. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the broadcast. If you found it helpful, please consider sharing it with your family and friends. For more information, check us out online at barryefields.com.